Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show. A reminder, streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Wayne Liu. Join my producer and co-host, Alex Wong. And, uh, yeah, we're joined on the line also by a friend of the program, Michael Pina of The Ringer, who Alex calls Michael Pina. Oh, oh, we do not have Pina on the line yet. Oh, yeah, Michael Pina yeah. is on the way. Yeah. Uh, you know he's a big Celtics guy. Uh, as and is half the media, let's be honest. So he must be... He must be thrilled about the the Boston Celtics one forty to ninety nine win yesterday. Yeah, we're gonna we're definitely gonna talk to him about that. Um, we have uh, Michael Pena on the line. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I, Alex has got me saying Michael Pena as well. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind, right, Mike? Yeah, Mike's good. Okay, Mike's good. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm. You prefer Mike over Michael? I've never really cared. To oh, be honest. Yeah, it's like me with Will or William. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Neither okay. is my name, actually, a- anyways, legally. Anyways, Mike, uh, we, 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 no, we were talking about the Celtics' huge win over the Bucks last night. And, you know, I'm sure you were watching. Um, any huge takeaways for you from that um, destruction, aside from the fact that, you know, Thanasis head-butted Blake Griffin at the end of the game? Yeah, what, what was that about? <laughs> Why did he do that? <laughs> um, you know, it's one game I did not expect the Celtics to win by 40 points or however much the margin was. Um, But I do think that, you know, the Bucks played, what was that, their fifth fifth game in seven days or something like that. They played a back-to-back in Indiana. That's wonderful. I thought that their transition defense, their effort um, in trying to prevent the Celtics from grabbing offensive rebounds was just like terrible. Mm. And maybe they were exhausted. They missed a bunch of early threes and then just fell in a hole. The Celtics were super hot from behind the three point line. Um, but you know, big picture, I think that the Celtics and I think they should feel really confident, um, about themselves highest net rating since the trade deadline in the league. And when they have Rob Williams, who was a difference maker last night, when he looks good and spry and he's bouncing around, they're just, I think they're the, they're, they are the best team um, mm-hmm. when healthy. So that would be my takeaway, if anything. And also the Bucks look really old too. They are um, kind of old. Yeah. They are. Very, yeah. Joe Ingles, I know Chris Middleton got popped in the face, but uh, yeah, they're like throwing Wesley Matthews onto Jason Tatum in the second quarter and he's just getting roasted. And I'm like, is this your, this is the answer. So mm. um, yeah, I, you know, it's one game, but big win for the Celtics. The, the, yeah. The Bucks do have several like 30 plus age 30 plus players in the rotation. I mean, clearly they're still a very good team. They're, they have the best record in the league um, and it is one game, but um, I just feel like obviously games like this, you're going to look at it really strongly, right? That was like the playoff series of last year's playoffs. The, the two of these guys going at each other. And of course the discussion was like, well, the Bucks ultimately got edged out, but they didn't have Chris Middleton. I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously Chris has battled injury and he's sort of come back, but is is that kind of the difference maker in this in this series? I guess you already like the Celtics over them anyway, but how much of a difference maker is he? Because a lot of these games I watched with the Bucks this year, I mean, I, he's definitely a very very good player, but um, I don't know. If, I don't know. If that's enough to swing it against the Celtics. Yeah, I think that he. I think they definitely missed him last year. Just his size defensively, um, the way that the Celtics just muck up. Milwaukee's offense with their switch everything scheme 
and their physicality. You know, that's kind of Chris Middleton's bread and butter, that ISO play, those tough mid-range jumpers. They didn't have that, so Drew Holiday was super inefficient in that series. Giannis mm. was super inefficient in that series. So from that perspective, they miss him. But, like, this version of Chris Middleton, where he's not a great def- – I mean, he's given up blow-bys – left and right nowadays yeah. and not playing in every game. He hasn't pl- played in a back-to-back all season. Um, so I kind of want to see Chris Middleton. And now I don't know how how much time he's going to miss after he kind of left the game getting elbowed in the face by Jalen Brown and he was bleeding all over the floor. So is he going to miss time before the playoffs? We'll see. But um, I, you know, if he's who he was in 2021, then this team is an absolute juggernaut and I expect them to win the championship. I really have no evidence in the past few months, the past year or so that suggests he is that player anymore. So I guess we'll kind of see from that perspective, but I also want to say that uh, Rob Williams, I always come back to Rob Williams is just this like spectral figure for the Celtics where Mm. No one knows if he's going to play. No one knows if he's going to be 100% for any sustained period. He hasn't played in more than five games in a row this entire season. Wow. But he did also was just like a non-factor in that series. I think he missed the first two games. He was right. coming back from a, from knee surgery. So at full strength, like I would have loved to see both those teams in last year's playoffs go head-to-head. I think they're, they're a lot closer than uh, some people assume. Got you. Got you. Um yeah, by the way, look at the box score. It looks, just looks silly. Um, <clears throat> Malcolm Brogdon, a plus 41 <laughs> off the bench. Wow. How's that even possible? What was Thanasis? Uh, Thanasis had two technicals and got ejected because he had by the time. <laughs> oh, <way>. that's right. <laughs> no. <laughs> why did he do Again, why did he do that? No, Thanasis, forget about Draymond Green. Imagine doing you're pots. Adam Silver, whoever yeah. at the league office is like, really? I got a busy day. We're working on the CBA it's right like, now, and I got to adjudicate how long to suspend Thanasis. It's like, we should just resolve the Ja Morant situation uh, and, and many other things this season. Do I have to look at this Thanasis tape? No, instead of Draymond doing post-game pods, I want Thanasis post-game pods, man. Because yeah. he's got the front row view, um, and I'm sure he doesn't need to lock in that hard no, in between games. Do you think he could just like take a, like a laptop out or like a notepad out on yeah. the sideline and just jot down No, notes, he should like, take notes like on a, a criminal conspiracy. Like, yeah. this is basically what he should do no i think the other thing i want to point out too with the boston win they get the tiebreaker over milwaukee and there's this race for first you know obviously we're coming down to to the last like 10 days of the season here but boston's only two games back now of milwaukee with the tiebreaker and obviously getting the number one seed means uh you get to avoid philadelphia in the second round and not to make it about the raptors on the raptor show but the raptors are gonna make um they're gonna maybe determine this one way or the other because they've got two games against boston next week and then they close with milwaukee so depending on how those games go, that's going to have a huge impact on, on the number one seed. So Thanasis has a podcast called Thanalysis. Did you guys know this? Oh, yes. Like a... You know what? Will did mention this to me. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like, Alex will listen to any player podcast. Yeah. Um, I also like listening to Michael Pena, you know, on, on Bill Simmons's pod, which, you know, he makes regular appearances it. on. Yeah, I might have heard I might have heard of that the one. The pod father. I might have heard of that one, but the Do you call Bill the pod father? Um I, have, I no, I, I've never done that. Oh, okay, really. okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. This guy pulling the Kyrie Irving. I only got one father and it's <laughs> Yo, come on. It's man. Dietrich Irving. Yeah, that was a yeah, that was a wild question to ask. Yeah, that really Kyrie, was. By the way. I mean, that's what you just asked Michael though. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? Call Bill Simmons the pod <laughs> you father. You know what? I apologize. Oh, Yes, you were talking about the Thanasis. Yeah, Thanasis' podcast. I'm not familiar with his uh, podcast game yet, but I'll, I'll check it out. 
this weekend? Uh, so the Raptors, is that what we're talking about right now? It is what we're mm-hmm. talking about right now. Um, because okay. they, they do, again, they play these Bucks and then they play the Celtics twice at the end of the season. I mean, they can help determine who is going to be the first in the East. I I really like the Raptors. You know, they won six of eight. I know the last few opponents have been not the most competitive teams. Mm. But, I mean, you look at kind of like the lineup data, particularly since the uh, the trade deadline, and I just love their starting five. I think we talked about this last time I was on, but like Jakob Pertl has been really good. Scotty Barnes has played better of late. Um, you know, I think defensively they've kind of been able to string things a little bit more coherently uh, since the All-Star break. And I guess, like... I- I can't like explain it because I don't really have a lot of faith in the offense when I just like look at numbers and also when I watch them in crunch time, generally speaking. But compared to some of the other teams that are kind of down there in the eight, nine, ten range, I just like Toronto. I like their pedigree. Mm-hmm. I like their versatility. I like their playoff experience in big games. And maybe that's me being naive, but like, I don't think they'll win a playoff series this year or anything like that. But I do think that because the, just the top of the East is so so locked and loaded. But compared to those other teams, they're, like, the most threatening one, mm. I would say. Yeah, well, don't worry. Um, uh, our, our own head coach, Nick Nurse, has, has already uh, said uh, publicly that the Raptors could get in the playoffs and get be a hard out. Which is a which is an interesting way. <laughs> yeah, of he, hyping he has playoffs. set the bar at losing four two, and he's set the bar at losing uh, I'll, six I'll, games I'll, I'll in the first round. I'll take four two, man. Uh, but yeah. no, it's interesting because um, last night uh, watching this game, like it was eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the score was like you know <laughs> Celtics up forty, so they had to go to their 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 B and C side topics. And uh, we have this clip here from Reggie Miller, who um, gave a very similar assessment of sort of where the Raptors stand right now. Down at the bottom, they're fighting their way in those playing games to watch for. The Toronto Raptors, they play a style. Everyone is 6'7", 6'8", 6'9". Long, long, physical. Siakam, Scotty Barnes, OG. You got Fred Lee, guys that have won a championship. Nurse, well, uh, coached by Nick Nurse. Yes, three. Be careful of the Raptors. Yes, good point. I'm like, I'm with it, but I feel like these are just the talking points you hear about that people are familiar with based on reputation about the Raptors, though, right? Like, you talk about championship experience, you go down this roster, like, how many of those guys are left? I mean, technically, guys who actually played in the playoff series, too. Right. And then you throw in Nick Nurse and you talk, you know, Reggie was talking about the Division 6-9, basically, and all this stuff. But I think it, you know, these are just talking points. It, ignore, I mean, it ignores the flaws of the season. No, I hear you. Ignore the flaws of the season. But, I mean, uh, again, we're talking about the rest of the playing opponents, right? Like, I feel like, for example, Boston that, or, or Milwaukee are going to have no issues with Atlanta. They're yeah. not going to have any issues with... Um, I don't think Miami is a scary opponent anymore. I know we were trying Chicago. to drum that up a little bit, too. No, I'm like, st- I, I, I'd still be a little afraid. Yeah, of them. Pino, would you be? Would you? I mean, like, not like, afraid a of Boston a Miami. Out. Yeah, like a Boston Miami series. Are you stressed about that? How would you? Like, how would Boston you watch last year's series and not be a little bit stressed? But Miami's just not the same team this year, though. I think Miami, Miami's offense has just been so bad. Oh, we know. Like, <laughs> they only score like ninety some odd points against the Raptors. So. Yeah. Um. So, I do think that like. I just think Eric Spolstra is the best coach. And like when 
you consider their record in clutch games and games where the margin is within five points at the end, like they're extremely good in winning those games and coming out on top. And if they were a normal team or had a, like a normal coach, I do think that they would be like where the wizards are record wise, maybe not that bad, but like pretty down there. Um, but then I look at like, just like the key pieces on this team and the fact that Jimmy Butler becomes like peak 89 Michael Jordan in every playoff series now in a Miami Heat jersey. And that's just someone that I don't think anyone wants to face or see. Um, Bam Adebayo probably would be on the All-NBA team if it wasn't for DeMontis Sabonis. He's having a really good year. So they're just like a like a really scrappy team that I, I don't think anyone would want to face them in the first round. That's just not a fun opponent. It's very physical. They don't beat themselves. Um, and like Jimmy playing 45 minutes a game is like, it's just a bear. Mm-hmm. So it's not stressful. I don't think if you're Milwaukee, if you're Boston, um, Philly, I, I honestly, I don't know. I want to see Philly. I, I, I have more respect for them than I have in years past, but I do want to see like, you know, they're down two one. It's it's game four. What mm. happens? Mm. Um, Pans over to Doc Rivers, you know, on the sideline with that stressful look. <laughs> yeah, Doc Rivers is done. I don't know if he's had back issues or something, but he he's always got his hands on his knees and he's kind of like hunched over. Oh, and okay, okay. Yeah, he looks exhausted. Yeah. No, Sixers season, like you said, yeah. being, their season doesn't start until like April seventeenth or whatever when the playoffs start. Like they, I feel like out of those top three teams, they have so much to prove in the playoffs still. Yeah, they're very good, and Embiid is amazing, and Harden's had a, a really, really good year. He could bake an all-NBA team. But, yeah, it's like I just kind of want to see it, I think. Um, I do like the fact that they've been launching a lot more threes this year, and I think they're second or first in non-corner three-point percentage. That's, like, really a good thing when your whole offense revolves around, you know, a high pick-and-roll with – Harden and Embiid and Embiid in the post and Embiid mm. isolations and all that. Um, but yeah, I think like Embiid's health, Embiid's stamina, like just these are always annual issues and hiccups that this team like faces in the playoffs. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the one thing in the, in the Sixers matchup, um, potentially with Toronto or even for any team, is just like, having Tyrese Maxey as a wild card is, is really just like kind of terrifying to play against. I mean, he he's always burned the Raptors. He's already had a 40 ball against the Raptors this year, had two amazing, he was a big part of why Philly was up three, nothing in, in, in series against Toronto last year, because he had like mm-hmm. 30 plus in the first two games. Um, that's, that is kind of terrifying. And I, I thought that maybe his, his role was sort of in flux and he got injured for a while, but um, no, he, he's, he's back to cooking again. And uh just in time to see the Raptors once again. Um, so he's he's definitely the guy who haunted me at the start of the season and continues to do so uh, with less less than two weeks. Yeah, when he gets going, uh, downhill drives, pull up threes. Uh, when he I, like the thing about him, and I think that they've done a pretty good job in kind of staggering the minutes with Maxi and Harden. But in a playoff series, when those guys are both playing more minutes, the thing that I am a little more concerned about is just on the defensive end how those two are attacked and we'll see how much f like if you really watch Joel Embiid every night um 
his effort on the defensive end is not like tremendous. Yeah. It really needs to be when those two are kind of at the point of attack. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes as well. I think that that's really important and critical. And then obviously like the whistle and this team really lives and dies at the free throw line. Um, and, you know, traditionally you get less fouls uh, or are able to draw fewer fouls in the postseason as well. So just all these different variables that could go against this team. But I, I think they're good uh, on both ends of the floor. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the Sixers, too. So Tim Bontemps put out his um, this is the final MVP straw poll of of the season by the way when did tim start doing this this has been a few years now but it's a great idea no it is it's a great idea no it's a great idea and also i think he started in 2017 oh so this has been going on okay for six okay i wasn't familiar with this game um but you know the last time michael are are you part of this did he poll you i am okay yes all right all right it's time to put on the full court press for some raptor stuff (laughs) no no no. Um, we're we're just starting oh not yet not yet okay lightly we're five minutes away from that um (laughs) let's get ready man it's gonna be so so last time on the straw poll i think had had Jokic nikola Jokic as kind of a runaway and this time basically joel Embiid has moved into first place and Embiid and Jokic are basically in a dead heat in terms of you know the total points from the voting um, Embiid finished with um, 790 uh, points to uh, Jokic's 788. And, you know, Jokic actually got 42 first place votes from this straw poll of, of 100 voters um, to 40 um, from Joel Embiid. So basically, this is just a toss up at this point with Giannis coming in um, in third. Uh, how are you looking at the, the MVP voting right now coming to towards the end of the regular season here? I'm exhausted by mm. it. I would say. Why is everyone um, so exhausted by this? It's a it's a good it's a good MVP race. We finally have one for a for the first time fun. in a while. Yeah, it's fun. I do think that the like like I wrote a story today about Joel Embiid and his how he attacks double teams, and I thought it was like a generally a positive piece about him and just the fact that he shoots over double teams instead mm. of passing the ball a lot of the time, okay. which is not what everyone else does, And but he's successful with it. And just like my mentions are people just jumping in saying that Jokic is better or you hate Embiid or like, I, I just, Got you. so right. personally, it's just like, I, I just want it to be over with. Um, I've thought that Jokic is the MVP the entire season going back to uh, Tim's first straw poll. I think it was in December. I was the only voter in it who had Jokic uh, first on my list. And I've stayed through with Jokic first the entire season. I really haven't seen any reason why I should take him off. I I came close going into um, the Sixers Nuggets game, the most recent one, and then Mm -hmm. Embiid did not play. Right, and I thought that if Embiid is only one game, but the margins are so tight between these two. I mean, Embiid's season has been ridiculous, and I think that Jokic is like I care less about Jokic's defense than I think some voters do, just because I think the overall impact that he has is really more important than what his, you know, what opponents are shooting at the the rim when he's the closest defender, stuff like that. I mean, they have a top five defense when he's on the court. I think that number is more important. Mm. But, um, but yeah, and beat not playing that game, you know, it is what it is. I don't think he was ducking anything or anything like that, but he just didn't play. And I I would have loved to see how he fared um, 
against Jokic in that matchup. And he has an opportunity. I think they play, obviously they play the Raptors tonight and then they play the Celtics and the Bucks. I want to say at some point before the season ends, um, two of their remaining games. So he has an opportunity to show out in those matchups and we'll see what happens. I, I, I mean, it's, it's very, very close. I, it's going to take a lot for me, I think personally to, come off of Jokic because of a variety of reasons, but Embiid's been great. And it'll be really fascinating to see how the people in that straw poll who voted for Giannis first, where their votes go. Um, I think Giannis has been great, but I don't think that you can, well, you can, you can do whatever you want, but um, I think it should be between, you should be looking at Embiid and and Jokic Mm. with your first place vote. How did you, um, how did you lean in the previous two years of voting for this? So last year was my first year. That's your first um, year, okay. And I had Jokic uh, pretty solidly throughout the season. And that was basically because, like, what did they win, like, 48 games? And, like... Roster was very injured and limited. (laughs) It was, like, Will Barton, who... um, Hey, man. He's just been tearing (laughs) it up for the Raptors. No, man, it's tough. (laughs) You know, he was one of those guys where it's like, you look at the numbers, you're like, okay, look... if he could just do any of this for Toronto, it'd be good. And he just hasn't. Never talk yourself into any bio candidate ever, man. Like Kevin Love no. in Miami. Like oh, the yeah. Examples I, just saw the other night I was like, wow. Yeah. Three points? Like Someone said it's like buying brand names in a discount bin. Like, you can't trust it. It's my favorite activity. <laughs> I know it is. That's why you talked yourself into Will Barton. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, go on. Go on, Pina. But yeah, Jokic was, uh, I thought he just dragged a team of like backups uh to you know i think they finished sixth in the but it was like three fewer wins than the sixers and he basically played every night and Mm -hmm. um he's just so efficient and so uh selfless and the fact that he's i think one of my favorite stats about Jokic this year is that he's 45th overall in field goal attempts and 10th overall in made baskets. Like, that's just a Man. wild disparity. Right. So he's it, just amazing overall. Yeah, I mean, his true shooting is like 70% still. Yeah. yeah, I think it leads the league. Yeah. But I really don't think there's like a wrong choice this year. Like, I no. I, I thought last year, I thought Jokic definitely had a, a more clearly defined edge. This year, I really wouldn't blame anybody for falling on either side. And look, as long as people don't really mind getting Jokic that third vote or the third time in a row, you know, voter mm-hmm. fatigue, I think is a real thing. Like, mm-hmm. You know, but I really don't think there's a wrong choice. It would be kind of funny to see Embiid not get it again. Yeah, because he wants it the most out of these, <laughs> these top three. <laughs> but yeah. that kind of makes me not want to give it to him. Not that I have a vote. I just... No, I, I want him to get it just so we can move on. No, that's, like... that's, that's not how this works, man. You, oh, earn, you earn for what you get. Right, well, life, listen, life's not fair. On the subject of, now, you know, now that we're conveniently on the subject of um, award ballots, uh, Michael, not that we did this with you last year, uh, but, uh, you know, is there any chance, uh, you know, any Raptors might make it onto your ballot? Uh, can I just, or maybe I can walk you through a couple options here. <laughs> Do you, like, welcome him to your restaurant or something? Man? I'm like, you're, I'm, you're I'm about a, to explain tonight's specials to him? I'm Michelle yeah. Yo and everything ever all at once. I'm just spinning the pizza board outside trying to get you in, in, indoors, Michael. Please come in. This guy got a rat in his chef's hat. Um. So I'm looking at, I'm writing a, a column that'll have all of my awards picks okay and so i'm looking at it right now and it's in pencil right just like a lot of this stuff is so close um i think 
the closest Raptor, well, he's a lock, but the Raptor who's going to make something is, I have OG and Anobi on an all-defensive team. That's pretty much nice. like nice. as far as we're going to go. I think um, Pascal for third team All-NBA is definitely a possibility. And I had... It depends on the positions, um, you know. It does. Um, I had Julius Randle penciled in. Mm. And one of the reasons why is because he played every game and he just sprained his ankle and he probably is not going to finish the season. And Mm. he still played like 70-something games and like more minutes than anyone basically. So, And he's having a great season. But like that was kind of the thing in my head that was always like, okay, I can't – this guy's just like in this era of load management. He shows up every single night. He drops 25 and 10 and 4. And the Knicks are – um, a very good team this season, very competitive, and they just fall apart when he's on the bench offensively. But like Pascal could, we'll see what happens over this last stretch. If he, if Pascal shows out, um, he could creep on. But mm-hmm. right now, he's just barely, barely off. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, th- that one I, I understand. I'm, I'm happy to hear that OG is a lock for you on all defense. Can we can we push for first team, or is this are we already like are we already going way too far with this this uh, pizza wheel spinning? <laughs> right now he's second team. Okay, all right. Um, and there's just a lot. Like I'm looking at the honorable mention list for my yeah. all defensive team, and it's like right. Mikael Bridges. Mm. I have Giannis as an honorable mention. I have Bam Adebayo as an honorable mention. Right. Um, Anthony Davis honorable. Like just like a lot of really great defensive players. So. True honor for OG to yeah. make it. No, you're right. You're right. I am pushing too far. I, I had it in my notes here. <laughs> On a recent five-game road trip, uh, he guarded Beal, Jokic, Kawhi, and AD. And just very few players on, on the course mm-hmm. of a five-game road trip can kind of do that type of versatility. And uh, oh, yeah. he actually did a great job on all those guys, to be honest. But, I mean, listen, we don't need to pedal OG on you. My only thing with the Pascal thing, it really just depends on who you put at forward, right? Like, are you going to put Jalen Brown on, on your forward uh, as a forward on your ballot or no? He He is a forward to me, yeah. Okay. So there you go. It just depends, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, you know, do you want players who have played 55 games on your ballot? Because, you know, there's going to be some of those candidates on there. It depends on what you think of Laurie Markkinen, who's had a great season. And mm-hmm. Utah's mm-hmm. record isn't much, like, worse than the Raptors. Um, so, you know, there's a case to be made there. But um, it's on the fringes. I mean, for Pascal's case, I would just only say that he's scoring more and having more assists than last year, where he did make All-NBA third team. But, you know, I get it, though. He's, he's on the bubble. I think the the playmaking is like I'm just like comparing him to some of the other guys who I have in this conversation. Like he leads, what's he, 5.9 assists per game, which is better than Jimmy, better than Julius, hmm. obviously better than Jalen and Larry Markinen. So like that's like the his assist rate, all that. That's like where he is. But the efficiency yeah. is really hurting. And then, you know, I don't want to – hamper too much on the team performance or like how the offense is and all that and how the defense was before the but like not the greatest and they were kind of they've kind of been one of the more disappointing teams this season so that just kind of is a little bit of a blemish um but no it's it's just like really close really really close of course of course well michael i appreciate you all right (laughs) you got what you needed so you're out (laughs) 
that was a that was I don't quick, know, man. I, I don't know, Alex. Is there anything else you want to? No, no to get but out you of? could you could have been less obvious about that. <laughs> this guy made his case and left. <laughs> no, I mean, Michael came into my pizza shop, bought like one arancini and a San Pellegrino, and I'm telling him to get out of my no, shop that, now. That man. was just a hard swerve, man. You're like, all right, I said my piece, man. Thanks. I tried, Go man. back to working with a ringer. Holy. <laughs> that yeah, sorry, we got 99 more of these to do, Pino, for the next 10 days, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, everybody should check out Michael Pena's work, obviously, really? at The Ringer. Check out his Joel Embiid piece today. Uh, always appreciate you, man. I'm sure we're going to talk probably during the playoffs. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Okay, appreciate right, it. Take care. Okay, we're going to take a break. I've been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. On the other side of this break, Alex has uh, a lot of Raptors news, so we will get to that. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Lou. And Jamie Joe, our producer and co-host, Alex Wong, as we do on Fridays. We give shout-outs. Sometimes, yeah. really, sometimes. sometimes. We, we kind of cut back on them, but now they're back, so... Yeah, what, what, what do you want to shout out? No, Alex? I just want to thank just want to thank Ashton Lawrence uh, and the NBA Canada team uh, for inviting us to check out the new NBA courtside restaurant yesterday. That was cool. Yeah, it was cool. On uh, Queens Key, had a ch- chance to go to the grand opening, check mm-hmm. out the food, check out the venue. So check out the drinks and the drinks as well. Yeah, yeah. they had a lot of like uh, drinks that were um, like made in the mold of like different teams right like, like a mm-hmm. mango drink for example that was like the, the lakers drink or like the, right the one for the mavs yeah oh was that called the laker maker because that's what yeah he was ordering yeah yeah i kept calling him dennis schroeder <laughs> dennis schroeder has been on the lakers a few times now i feel like <laughs> yeah. um the laker maker okay yeah so no the, the restaurant was cool it was, it was obviously right by the water mm-hmm. um you know and yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good paraphernalia. Actually, so they had like a mini old-timey TV kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so, and they were showing like what I assume to be one of those 60s finals between the the Lakers and the Celtics. Okay. You know, two of the 13 teams in the league at that you time. sure it wasn't like Payne Pritchard in black and white? No, no, no. When no, he it, cooked the Raptors earlier this I'm season? certain because I saw Bob Cousy. Oh, and, the and, Bob Cousy. And I just, again, I wasn't there like watching this whole clip. I was just walking by. It's just like on the side of the restaurant. Mm. And... And I was taking a video of this to send to my brother because, you know, I was like, I always like to teach him about the history of basketball, right? Because, yeah. you know, he's, you he's only You got to teach him about old. a few things. I, yeah. I do have to teach <laughs> him about Coming up on the things. banter pod. Yeah, George, yeah. you're, you're, you're going to be made into content. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was watching the clip and then I saw Bob Cousy get double teamed. 
So he was dribbling out of the double team. And I realized the whole time, he's like, yo, this guy will not dribble with his left hand. He would only do the right hand. Yo, he dribbled from one side of the court to the other side of the court, then swiveled back all with one hand yeah. because he couldn't actually pit, drive inside because it, <laughs> that's where the so, defender was. It was unbelievable. So having watched that clip, yeah, uh, yeah. are you now of the mind? I think JJ Redick was one of the people that said this and actually upset Bob Cousy himself right. that these guys would not be able to compete in today's NBA. Um, are, are you on that side now? Uh, that just feels so disrespectful. Okay. Because I feel like... You, Not that you, you've you take, ever had a problem with that, but why no, now? You, you yeah. would just take the same athletes and they would mm. just like learn modern skills. You adapt to your environment. Clearly at that time... Okay. By the way, if someone just pressed like pressured him from the other side, I swear this guy would have turned the ball over. He could only <laughs> dribble with the one hand. Stop trying to go through his left side. He could only dribble with his right, but... Yeah, no, but it was a... It was, it was a cool restaurant, though. Yeah, yeah, was there's cool. a lot of perfidelli in there, a lot of shoes. Yeah, a lot, a lot of cool stuff there. The and yeah. I think it's open to the public in the first week of, of right, April. Right, right. They invited all the media there, and, and yeah. we all said yes because we will do anything for free food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is basically our MO. Um, and just letting people know I had a secret live event earlier this week. Um, I don't know if people want to tune in today, wanted to hear more about it. We'll we'll recap it on a, on a banter pod coming up soon. But you will not find a re- recording of it anywhere. Oh, this is what people yeah. have been asking as well. You will um, not get it unless you go to the live show. And that's not our choice. But uh, ultimately, you know, that's what it is. Anyways, uh, practice yesterday. The Raptors had practice here before flying that's out right. on their road trip. And your man was there. Your man, Will Lou, was there. <laughs> on the scene. This <laughs> man's your man divine. Um, your man was there on the scene. Mm. And, you know, what, what did you pick up? A couple of tidbits. Uh, uh, Nick Nurse was talking about. So Gary is still out with the right elbow stiffness. He's uh, questionable tonight right. against the Sixers. And, um, you know, Nick Nick had some comments about that. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it, it sounded like... Um, they were optimistic that he could come back. Not that like, hey, you know what? He's leading this way. It was sort of just like, you know, it, they, they tested it. They, they seem, He seems to be okay. I think Grange even asked him at one point, like, is it one of those things where, you know, he puts up shots and then it gets sore and Nick's like, no. And so it, it does sound like, it feels like for Nick, he's probably like, can you come back already? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, that's just sort of more reading between the lines. It was an interesting um, press conference from Nick. I thought it was actually one of his more uh, insightful ones of the season, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it already. Um, where I think, you know, uh, look, obviously this is how, you know, stories are made sometimes, right? People come with an idea and then they get people's thoughts on that idea, right? Mm-hmm. And so the questions from the reporters at that time are sort of reflective of the ideas that they're trying to um, write about, right? And so uh, our our guy, Big V, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> Vivek the Jacob, because <laughs> no, because we, we've established he's Dutch. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Um, Sezun. Yeah. Well, that's that's not that's not Dutch at all. But um, yeah, he was he was at the at, at the at, at the practice facility, and he was asking people sort of about Pascal's season, right? Mm. And, and you know, as Fred about it, and Fred was immediately like all NBA, mm. right? Because he's thinking about the bag, all right? Mm. Then uh, he asked Yak about it, and Yak was like, "Well, you know, the big improvement for Pascal this season has been the mid range. He's been able to get to it, and is so comfortable in getting into it." And actually, Yak gives great answers, very thoughtful with everything. You know, he never just gives you like a generic answer; he gives you like something that's more thought out and even if it's a very dry question he will um still approach it like uh, wholeheartedly so i actually really appreciate that from yak yeah it was actually a really interesting discussion with yak about the differences in screening oh okay that he would do for fred versus uh, what he would do for scotty in terms of angling his body in certain ways and sort of how quickly he's going to roll out or he's going to slightly delay his rolls because of the differences there being you know with fred obviously sometimes he wants to uh, set a screen so that, um, you know, he can give Fred that opportunity to pull up from behind the screen. Obviously, with Scotty, he's not pulling up behind screens as often. He's mostly looking to drives. And so, it's, you know, 
uh, Yak does a different way. Again, he's very detailed with all the questions, right? So he was talking about how, you know, Pascal had a, you know, obviously he's grown in his mid-range game and he's gotten very comfortable. And um, I, I actually, I chimed in and I was like, did he have that as a rookie? And he's like, no, he was a rim runner. <laughs> and he was kind of smiling about it. It was just kind of funny. Mm. Um, but then he, uh, uh, V asked the same question to Nick. Mm. And Nick was like, you know, for, for, for me, obviously, Pascal's have a great year. But, you know, for me, like, you know, one of the things with, with, with these guys in the All-NBA teams, you know, he's like, you know, you look on both ends of the floor. And he's like, I think Pascal has done well there on both ends. But, and then, but he did make a point to talk about the defense. And, again, that was one of those things where on the quotes of it, if you transcribed it, it does not sound like Nick is saying he wants Pascal to play better defense. Mm-hmm. But when you're sort of reading it and you're hearing it, um, and you're, especially if you're there, you can definitely get the sense that it's like, you know, I think that that would be the missing edge. If Pascal was as good on defense this season as he was on offense, I right. think there actually would be no question about it. And I think the Raptors would be on a higher stage. Um, but anyway, it was an interesting Nick Nurse press conference, man. Yeah. It was a great one. Yeah. Did, did Asked v... him about Eric Corey as well, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. But by the way, for everybody, so so we were off yesterday because of uh, the Blue Jays uh, opening day. Congrats to them on a thrilling 10-9 victory. The Jays are back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Same not... same kind of deal as last time, I think. Yeah, uh, the pitching this... is questionable, but the, the, the hitting is great. No, nah, this year is the movie, baby. Um, but, yeah. Uh, this was the sequel because the first one was the movie. Well, I think... Um... Yeah, I lost my train of thought. Um, I think, you know, when you talk about the All-NBA, did V um, did V also ask these questions and just immediately leave? Like, you uh, left Michael <laughs> P. in the dust? <laughs> like, right after Fred said All-NBA, was V's like, okay, okay, thank you, Fred, and then just left? Yeah. Um, that would be great to see. <laughs> yeah. That would um, be great to see. <laughs> no, I think I think what 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 uh what Michael Pino was saying in the, in the first half about his ballot and having Pascal on that bubble mm-hmm. as, as an All-NBA third-teamer, I think that is where you would expect Pascal to yeah, be right sure. now in the voting. Again, I don't think that was the a surprise. Not over. Like again, yeah. if 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 the Raptors rip off some like wild six and zero finish to the season, which yeah. obviously we know is going to happen, but they mm. do that and Pascal's leading the way with thirty point triple doubles the whole time. Yep. Playing great defense. Yeah, I think that could really influence it. Well, right? especially if you make the strong impression mm-hmm. at the end. I mean, like not to get all into the psychology of things, but like people remember what happened at the start, they remember what happened at the end, and then there's like a weird little curve underneath where they just forget about the whole middle. That's right, yeah. And no, it's, it is. It's like it an is, actual phenomenon. It so. is recency bias, and and then a part of it is very narrative-driven, but he's got two... Those two games against Boston are going to be huge yes. for, for the Celtics, and, and honestly for the Raptors as well, right? Like they're Oh, absolutely, this, yeah. No, every this, game is huge. This game tonight yeah. is huge. Like, I actually can't wait to go <laughs> home stop yelling at me. <laughs> and watch this game. Every right? game How are the Raptors going to guard Maxi? How are they going to guard Joel Embiid? How are they going to cover Joel, uh, you know, Pascal, or um, James Harden? How are they going to get their points? Like, yeah. it's going to be a great game because the Raptors are playing better of late, and, and they really are playing stronger, but... Um, different level of opposition We, we have tonight, to see man. it against the highest levels, it's right? And level. the Phillies right now, I consider them one of the highest opponents yeah. in the league in terms of their quality. No, I would love for the Raptors to, to, to show us something. Yeah tonight um it was a good press conference though last night yesterday again people go watch yeah go watch the people check that talk about it forgot to mention again eric Corey. like i was saying the jays were jays were playing yesterday but, right. but will sat down with raptors 905 coach eric Corey mm-hmm. for an extensive conversation yeah, that's on the podcast lie. feed so uh, check it out on the raptor show podcast feed yes thank you for the plug um mm-hmm. we had been given 30 minutes which is already much more typically we're given 15 mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but with 15 in the big leagues <laughs> anyway yeah cool. sorry come on you didn't have to do that people understand what's going on again you could be like nick you could just say it and then people could read it between the lines right um and this, oh, okay well no we're not there yet but um yeah like we were given 30 minutes to talk with eric Corey. but and and mm-hmm. to, to be honest my preparation for going in was like you know i, I did watch 
like some Raptors 905 this season, but it's not, I'd be lying if I said like I watched all the Raptors 905 games and I know all the storylines and everything like that. Obviously, my focus is primarily coming the Raptors. Um, so I was thinking about like in my preparation, like what am I going to ask him? And I really thought about just like leaning into being curious about sort of a coach's process, a coach's day to day, how they structure things that we kind of just take for granted. Right. The, the infamous Allen Iverson quote, you know, we talk about practice. I'm like, I'm going to talk to him about practice. Like, what, how mm. do you structure your practices? And he talked about sort of some of the techniques he would go about it. And sometimes he would turn it over and the players would run the film session and, you know, to sort of let them sort of improve the communication with each other and sort of watching his film with pairs or all this other stuff. I thought it was actually really cool to sort of hear all of that and like how he approaches a timeout even and how the timeouts are shorter in the G League. And so you have to be even more concise with what you do and. Yeah, I mean, I think for him, like, obviously it was, like, not the season he was expecting or or even the Raptors were expecting because the 9 of 5 are just consistently excellent. But I do think there was a big learning experience, and I thought, uh, you know, honestly, I want to just say thank you and the, the fact that I appreciate Eric for being very open about his process. No. And of course, we, we got into lots of detail about Jeff Doughton's game, about mm-hmm. Ron Harper Jr.'s game, around Christian Coloco's game, uh, Sterling Brown, a couple other guys that are missing, Delano. Um, but obviously those are guys that he's worked with and those are the players where they're on the cusp of making the NBA and I'm just really focusing the conversations on what first off what they're like in the locker room what they're like to work with and also what is that next step that brings them to the next group so yeah I appreciate Eric's time and yeah it was the whole point of this we went way longer than 30 minutes we went 45 minutes which um, I feel like I can only imagine what that would be like if we we did that to Nick If, if PR was like hey here's 30 minutes with Nick and we did 45 I actually think no, I would have been put in a headlock, but yeah, you're doing 45 and a 15. Um, no, I think no. I'll choose that side though. It's cool for you to have that extensive conversation yeah, with someone great. like in the organization. Obviously, first year as head coach of the 905, you know, super cool conversation like you mentioned, just going behind the scenes because a lot of times you don't get to dive into those things, right? Sure, like, yeah, and be able yeah. to understand right. all the other aspects of it. Um, speaking of head coaches, you know, we talked about this earlier this week, but the Nick Nurse, the Houston rumors has has hit the local media now. Um, you know, Doug Smith of the Toronto Star mm. uh, wrote a story yesterday and he said, quote, conversations over the past 10 days or so with people closely connected to Atlantic division rivals of the Raptors and others with direct ties to the league have begun to focus on the coaching situation as much as anything to do with the roster. And he mentioned the Nick Nurse to Toronto rumors and, and the linked rumors of if that were to happen, Ime Udoka could be a potential candidate here mm. to replace him in Toronto. And uh, Doug went on also to say that, you know, scouts, front office officials, assistant coaches, and people on the periphery of the league have been talking about this and wondering if this is, is, is this the time? Is Nick's time here at an end? And if the Raptors would make a change just to infuse the franchise with some new energy. Um, obviously, I want to get your thoughts on this. I was thinking too, like recent coaches to have won an NBA title mm-hmm. um, and have left that franchise since, you know, Ty Lue won in 2016 and was fired at the start of the 2018-19 season. Of course, you have to put in the caveat that was LeBron also left. Um, Frank Vogel won the title with the Lakers in the 2020 bubble and was fired after last season. So those are the two most recent coaches to win an NBA championship and is no longer with their team. Yeah, I think that's important context. I think we're kind of in a newer era where, um, you know, coaches are going to be cycled through even with that on their resumes, mm-hmm. right? I think um, that wasn't as much the case in previous years. Um, I mean, I guess, I, you know... How could I? How should I say this? Like, if it's if it's coming out in the local market, in addition to sort of exteriorly, like from the outside, like, and this is not the first time we heard it, right? Like, we even heard, even going back to last off season, right? It was like, well, I mean, the Lakers are kind of interested in Nick. Now, of course, Masai actually commented on that one. I actually 
came very strongly in in in, in support of Nick and also mm. keeping him here in Toronto. Even heard around the trade deadline, you know, Shams put out some you know small rumors and stuff like that about this. So that's like it's been a slow burn, but now it feels like it's it's more sort of present and it's mm. more loud. Again, I think nothing is going to be determined like obviously today or even in the next coming months. Like you know, it'd be after the season, be one of the things where they reflect on the year. And it's, even when they let go of Dwayne Casey, right, um, that was the process they ultimately came through. That's why ultimately Dwayne had to go to that press. Oh, man. Show. I still remember Dwayne doing that end of season presser after the, the Cavs swept yeah. the Raptors. Yeah. And, you know, obviously an uncomfortable environment because all the talk was a, a, about his job security. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. he had to make jokes about how, like, oh, his security cards still work today coming to OVO Athletic Center. Amen. So first off, it's not a, a card. You, you look into the, the eye laser scanner. <laughs> oh, it's right, a little freaky, right, actually. Right. Sponsored by James Dolan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so I, I think, yeah, it, it's my point is that, like, it depends yes. on if the Raptors make it into the play-in, mm-hmm. how far they make it in the play-in, if they make it to the playoffs, how far they make it in the playoffs. There's all sorts of things that go on. There's all sorts of debriefs. Like, the Raptors are not going to just, like, make this decision rashly. Mm-hmm. But again, like, something will have to be decided. You either extend him and really embrace with this long-term or you go in a different direction. Yeah. Because again, he's coming into the last year of his deal and coaches generally don't coach well or don't sit well with that idea in mind. Right. And so it wouldn't be, I guess, a surprise at this point if it happens just because of sort of, again, it's not just outside. It's also inside now too. Right. Yeah. For sure. And uh, I think, I think the other thing too is like, you know, with Nick's future potentially up in the air going to the summer, this just adds another, uh, you know, item on on a, on a very long to do list for the Raptors this season, right? And you have to sometimes do these mm-hmm. things sequentially. Depend, figure out what your head coach, uh, head coach's future is, and then the key free agents that we all know about. You know, obviously draft, trade, free agency, and all that. So there's a lot yeah. for there's a lot for the team to figure out. And then you know, the article went on to say, and you mentioned this week, you know, Nick's got ties with the Houston organization going back to when he coached with uh, the G League, and what's you know, our G League team? Uh, the real. Grande Vipers. Nice. Yeah. Good, good, good. Man, I profiled Nick in 2012. Oh um, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, we sat down game. for we sat down for 30 minutes because oh, he was really? he was a uh, Eric Corey. Uh, you know. At that level. time. <laughs> Shouts to Corey. No, um, come on, man. Oh, no, that's cool. Liverpool I, fan just like me. Um, no, but in Doug Smith's story, it also talked about that one potential scenario is that Gerson Rosas, a uh, mm. former Rockets executive who's right now an advisor with the Knicks, would go back to Houston. And then bring Nick along. Now, Gerson Rosas was the VP of basketball operations in Houston Hmm. from 2006 to 2013. Briefly took a job in Dallas as their GM in 2013, but left after three months. And then went back to Houston and from 2013 to 2019 was the VP of basketball operations back in Houston. He went to Minnesota in 2019 as the president of basketball operations was fired in 2021 when the Wolves discovered he had an affair with a team staffer. And now he's an advisor in the Knicks. So that's that's another, that's a scenario that's been floated out there via Doug Smith's story. Yeah, I mean, that that would make sense. I mean, so much of the league is really about connections and who you know. Mm-hmm. You know and pe- people don't just open up LinkedIn jobs and like, hey, let's get all the best <laughs> advi- people in here. Yeah. No matter how much the... The NBA is not about know. the grind set, man. It's about it's about who you know. Yeah, it, no, it legit... <laughs> but it is about the grind set to get there, though. So, mm. you know, all respects. And I know we, have, we haven't really talked much um, about the, the Ime Udoka of things. Right, of course, um, if Nick moves on... Or yeah. Raptors move on from Nick. Who are they going to move on yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. So, so Ime Odoka has been has been the name that's been floated out there. Obviously, he was suspended at the start of the season by the Celtics for the entirety of, of this season for violations of team policies pertaining to an improper intimate relationship with a female Celtics staff member. So, yeah. So, I mean, 
I'm sure we're going to have a longer conversation about this if this is something that the Raptors choose to I pursue. I just have to say, if the Raptors do ultimately go on this route, they need to absolutely vet the whole situation mm-hmm. um, and not just do that internally and tell us, hey, we vetted the situation and no more questions. Like It needs to be something that the public can also um, uh, be shared in that and, and be transparent. If I'm going to guess, it's probably not going to be like that. Mm-hmm. Like, as in, mm-hmm. it probably won't be as transparent, but it, it should be. Like, you got, again, this is not, this is not a, it's not a non-serious issue. Like it really is something sure. where, um, yeah, they they need to sort of share that with us, and there well, probably yeah, will no, be a process I, where email will be asked about this in a very public setting, and people will be looking at the answers. No, hundred percent. I think also I, if we're gonna be realistic though in sports, like people make decisions, and uh, they just, they they really don't um, care about the outcomes. Like they really don't care no, about the feedback. I, sometimes too. I think it's, I'm with you. We can look at the the hirings across the league, for example. Yeah, no, there has to be hundred percent obviously an internal dialogue about this, but also I think an external communication. You know, if the hiring's going to be made. But again, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more if this picks up traction. Right, for sure. And now it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. The Toronto Raptors are in Philadelphia tonight to start a five-game road trip. Mm. Sixers are five-point favorites. Their injury report is relatively clean. Gary is questionable. Right. And I believe that is the... Uh, and Will Barton is doubtful. Those are the major injuries. Raptors are 12-24. and 24. On the road this season, they've lost four straight on the road, and they have allowed their opponents to score to shoot 50% or better in each of the last seven road games, hmm. which is a franchise record. Sixers minus I'm gonna guess five. Eight. I'm going to guess eight for tonight. Sixers well. minus yeah. five. This feels a bit low to me just because I feel like Philly with Boston and Milwaukee is in a different class in the East. It's a bad matchup um, in the sense that, like, we've seen it, like, quite closely. The Rap- I-, I think even with Yak. Um, the Raptors still don't have like a great answer for Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone in the league has a great answer for Embiid to be clear, but I do think that the Raptors can probably get a little bit creative still. Like I, I think that most likely they'll just put Jakob on Embiid and obviously provide lots of help and they'll have Fred dig or whatever. But I am curious like how much Precious gets a turn on Embiid. I thought Precious did a great job gar- covering Embiid despite the height uh, mismatch and size mismatch last season in the playoffs as well. So I expect Precious to get some time there. I ex- honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if OG had a couple possessions where you switched on Embiid. But the bigger issue to me is like, how do you cover Maxi as well, right? Because I think the hardened aspect, they can maybe neutralize it in a way, especially they put OG on Embiid and they put Scotty on hard and they can switch the pick and rolls. We've seen that lots. If they have Precious involved in the Embiid coverage, they can switch those pick and rolls. To be honest, I would love to see even Jakob switch that on Okamich on the league. Uh, and, and see how that works. But to me, the bigger issue is how do you stop Maxi? Because obviously that's the other element. And you know he's going to have tons of confidence going into this matchup. I mean, I've been haunting by I've been haunted by this guy ever mm-hmm. since last year's playoffs. And even again at the start of the season when the Raptors split the series um, with with uh, Philly uh, in yeah. Toronto. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Sixers minus five here. And I think uh, I'm there with you. Yeah, and I yeah. think if the Raptors if the if the Sixers are fully healthy and the Raptors get this win this 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 is going to be candidate for win of the year. No, that opinion. would be win of the year if the Raptors mm-hmm. took it tonight. So, that was between the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm I'm really excited for the game tonight. I'm, there's no joke like I'm really looking forward to seeing this sort of measuring stick kind of performance and yeah. if the Raptors really show up and they give it their all, I can respect whatever result comes and out. And then of they it. got Charlotte on Sunday at 1 p.m. I can't wait for that one either. So that does it for us today. I've been your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks once again to Michael Pina, producer and co-host Alex Wong, our poor producer Derek Randale, and Jennifer Rolnick for helping with the YouTube stream. Uh, happy weekend, everyone.